Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive and it's active. You have breathed life into it and we receive from that today. Open our eyes to the wonders of your word. Encourage our hearts with its truth. Uh, Lord, and build, us, build up in us faith and wisdom as we seek you in your scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been on a little series talking about those that love his appearing, right? Those that love the appearing of Jesus. And that line comes from 2 Timothy chapter 4, where Paul says, you know, I am at, uh, I'm a drink offering being poured out. I, I've run the race. I've fought the fight. I've kept the faith and there's reserved for me now a crown of righteousness. I'm talking about in heaven that the Lord, the righteous judge will give me on that day, the day that I get there. He says, but not for me only. There's a crown of righteousness that's reserved for all of those who have loved his appearing. Okay, his second coming, his second advent here to the earth to seal up everything that he has done. But we talked about how can we love his second coming if we don't love him? And when you love someone, you love every time they show up, especially when it's somebody like Jesus and there's no drawbacks to him. You know, with me, you can love me, but you have to deal with some drawbacks. Kelly will testify. But with him, when we love his appearing, we love everywhere he shows up because we always benefit from it. There's not anything uh, where we're bearing more in that than he is. And, and we've talked about all the different ways that Jesus shows up in our life, both as a body and as individuals. We talked about baptism. We had a wonderful baptism service. We've talked about communion, how he meets us at the table. We talked about forgiveness that testifies of his goodness and his grace in our life. We talked about scripture. Last year, we even talk, talked about the darkness and the painful times in our life. Because when Jesus shows up, when we're in the dark, his light shines that much brighter. Amen. And uh, this will be the last section of this little stretch uh, as we head out of this and into our next series, which is going to be a book of the Bible. You know, we'll do that. We went through the book of Luke all the way from the start to the end. It was wonderful. Uh, and we're going to start our next book next Sunday, Lord willing, uh, the book of Acts, the origin of the church, or as one person put it, Luke part two. Same author that wrote Luke wrote Acts. And so uh, I, I'm really excited about that. I believe it's going to be a blessing. I believe it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, and of course, we'll be pairing that up with our Wednesday night Bible study. So if you want to start reading on that now, that'd probably be a good idea because we're going to be there for a little bit. Uh, origins of the church. But today I wanted to encourage you as part of the church, part of the body of Christ on that very appearing the appearing of Jesus in the body of Christ. And we read there in First uh, Corinthians about the body being many members or many parts, but yet one body. Because the church, both the, the church universal, you know, the church across the world and the local church, which we're a part of, it's a part of the church around the world, the church universal. It's a special gift to us from God Almighty. We're called to follow him, but thankfully he's not called us to follow him alone. Amen. We're not by ourselves in this. We, he, he calls us together as it says in verse 12 and 13, that it's one body, but many parts. And though, like we are, we have many parts, but we're one body. So also 
it is in Jesus Christ. Because we're all baptized by one spirit into one body. And I love this, what it says in verse 13. It says we're all baptized by one spirit into one body. It says whether Jews or Greeks, bond or free, slave or free, we're all given one spirit to drink. One spirit to drink from. We don't have some people running diesel and other people running unleaded. Right? We don't have some people that need ethanol free. Some of, y'all, we don't, some of us don't even know the difference when we go to the gas pump. We just hope they make it a different size so we don't put the wrong one in there. Right? But I love that. He says, doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter what you're in right now. The answer for you is the same. It's the same spirit to drink from. You know, you've heard it said about, so, you know, you know, they'll identify certain people and like, well, they're just not, you know, they're not church folks. No, everybody can drink from this. Everybody can drink from this. No matter where we are, who we are, what we've done, we've all been given the same spirit through Jesus Christ to drink from. And it's a comfort to me that the answer is the same across the board. Again, for here in Camden, Arkansas, if you're in Europe, if you're in Asia, you're in Africa, you're in Australia, wherever you are, whoever you are, the answer is the same and the healing is sufficient. And what he gives us to drink, to drink from his spirit, it is sufficient. So Paul's writing this to try to help the church of Corinth. We could talk about them. They had some difficulties, right? There were some confusions. They're still trying to figure this out. Hey, we don't even know exactly what this is supposed to look like. When we get together, how is this supposed to go? What, how is this supposed to be? And so he's speaking into this confusion and explaining with this analogy what it is that they, what we together have become in Christ Jesus. He's speaking into their confusion and, and he's saying it's like your own body. It's like your body. You have one. It's many parts. They're different. But... It's one body. He said, so it is for you in Christ. Look at verse 14. He says, indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would hearing be? The whole body were an ear. Where would the sense of smell be? So he's saying we're different. When we come to Christ, we're different. It's amazing that he calls us out of such diversity of backgrounds and circumstances and personalities and brings us together. You don't see that anywhere else but the church. Usually what draws people together are their commonalities, their similarities, right? They, they, they have shared experience or shared interests, and, and, and they, they tend to look alike, talk alike, act alike. But the church, he said, I'm going to create a people where there wasn't a people. I'm not going to call a people that were already a people and go, these are mine, just like he did with Abraham. He said, I'm going to call you out from a bunch of pagan goat herders and I'm going to start for myself a nation. And he's done that with the church. He draws us out of all of those diverse areas and brings us together in Christ. We're individual, but yet we're unified in him. Now, of course, there's some commonalities, sure, but we're individuals. We're, we're, we're different. And our, those commonalities that we do share aren't what bring us together. It's the spirit of God. 
joining us together as the body of Christ. The same spirit, again, he's given us the same spirit to drink from. He himself brings us together, bringing a people out of not a people. It's a beautiful creation of God, the church, the church universal. And in Christ, we don't lose what makes us us. Right. Thankfully, we get better from some of the stuff that made us us. But the things that make up our personality, that doesn't go away. I don't become just like Kelly because we're in Christ together, but we're nevertheless unified. We don't lose who we are, but we gain a new level of identity in Christ that we didn't have before. And with that new identity comes greater capacity and ability that we didn't have before through the unity of the body that we've been baptized into. So in his analogy, he's like, it's like your body. Think about your body. Think about how diverse the parts of your body are, yet how unified they are and how well they work together. Think about everything in your body that would have to be engaged and unified just for you to stand up straight or to walk across the room. You know, it seems simple and we take it for granted, but think about everything that is working in conjunction with one another just to accomplish that. And then you talk about things that would be more complex than that. It'll just start to blow your mind. Think about all the things that have to work together on the inside of you for you to be able to climb up a ladder. Right? To be able to do that, you're like, well, I mean, I just, I just do it. I do it all the time. Yes, but every, so many things working together. What if you tried to climb up a ladder and were having trouble with your inner ears? That's going to be bad, right? They're even involved in that. Everything working together, it's just amazing how we're so complicated and yet so precise. And all those things working together to, to, to be the unity that is you. You think of yourself at one, as one, but in fact, you're the sum of so many parts, right? Working together, each one doing what it's supposed to do, supporting the others and being supported by the others to accomplish what you're supposed to be doing. Your body working together just to do those things so much, all engaged differently, producing and supporting. And this is the analogy that Paul uses to describe how we, the body, the body of Christ, fit together. We're diverse, yet we're united. Amen? We aren't all the same. Aren't you glad? I wouldn't want all y'all to be like me. And I like me a little bit. I think I'm okay. But I wouldn't want to be dealing with just a room full of me. Right? How much better are we together in our diversity and in our differences. He's brought us together. We're, we're not the same, but just like our body, which he also created, we function well together, even though diverse when we operate together in unity and in support of one another. Look what he said in verse 17. Let's look at it again. He said, if the whole body were an eye, where would hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Or if your whole body was an eye, how are you going to hear? If your whole body was an ear, how would you smell? The answer is you wouldn't, right? You wouldn't be able to do those simple things. Just like your body, you are, those parts aren't designed to work alone. We're not designed to work alone. We're not designed to be alone or separated from the rest. You know, there's even a verse that says that back in Genesis, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be 
alone. You've heard it said, people will say, all I need is Jesus in my Bible. I don't need anybody else. I don't need the church. All I need is Jesus in my Bible. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. All I need is Jesus in my Bible. We've heard that, right? Hear that a lot. And so who, who needs the church? Who needs the church? And I'm reminded of what Paul also wrote in Romans chapter 10. He said, how can someone call on Jesus if they haven't believed in him? That makes sense. How can they call on him if they hadn't believed in him? You got to believe on him first before you can call on him. And then he said, how can they believe on him if they hadn't heard about him? That makes sense. Can't believe something you've never heard. He said, how can they hear unless somebody tells it to them? How can they hear without it being preached or declared to them? And he said, how can somebody preach to them unless somebody sends them to go do it? How is this going to happen? You think about the, the passage we read also in Acts when we're talking about baptism, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, he comes, on this, he comes upon this man and he's, he's reading from the book of Isaiah and he asks him, he's like, you understand what you're reading? And what did the man say? He said, how can I unless somebody guides me? How can I unless somebody shows me what, 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 it's, what it's saying? God has designed the church to be the vehicle of the gospel, to be the delivery system for the good news. That's what he's designed the church to be. He said, how can they believe if they haven't heard? And somebody might even say, what about Paul? Paul was riding on his donkey and Jesus himself appeared to him on the road. Jesus appeared to him on the road. We'll get to that in Acts. It's an amazing conversion story. You know, he didn't have anybody else preach it to him. He didn't have anybody else talk to him. Jesus appeared to him and he, it knocked him off of his donkey and he was blind. But then look what happened next. He said, I want you to go to this town. I want you to go to this house and I want you to wait there with your blind self. And then do you know who he sent? The church. He sent the church. He said, go meet him there. Pray for him. Feed, you know, feed him, take him in, baptize him. And then Paul moved in with them. He didn't move in with Jesus. He moved in with the church. And so when we talk about this, all I need is Jesus and my Bible. I got to ask you, where'd you get them from? Where'd you get them from? Because if there wasn't a church, I don't think you'd be holding it. If there wasn't a church, I don't think you would have ever heard his name short of an experience like Paul. And that's not normative, right? If there wasn't a church, would you have it? Would you even know you were supposed to read it? Paul's the one writing this analogy. He had seen the beauty of the unified body operating together. Who needs the church? We need the church. We need the church in our life to thrive, to flourish, to, to, to walk in what God has called us to walk in. We need the church. We require fellowship with the body of Christ. Now, can you not walk with the body of Christ? Can you not be in fellowship with the body of Christ? Sure. But it's, it's, it's going to be much more difficult if you go that route. You shouldn't 
try to walk without the church. Again, if you just need Jesus in your Bible, tell me how you got them. Tell me how they made it to you. Because you can't explain that without referring to the church. Now, do you have to, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You're right. You don't have to go home to be married. But it makes the relationship a lot healthier. Doesn't it? I don't have to go home to be married. Yeah, but how's that relationship going to be if you're not going home? Come on. Amazing things happen in the health of that relationship when you go home. Amazing things take place in your life. You experience things that you never would have otherwise if you're not in the church. If you're not amongst the fellowship of believers. We see Jesus in action in the gathering of believers. We need the church. It's not easy to walk with the church. It can be downright difficult sometimes, but we need it. And we don't want to turn from it. Don't believe the lie that you don't need the body of Christ, because you do. Amen. We need the body. Now flip that. The body needs you. The body of Christ, the church, needs you. You're a gift to the body. You have the same spirit on the inside of you. you you've drunk from the same Spirit, and you're needed. You're sent by Him. You know, I've been around this church for a long time, and I've never walked in on Jesus praying in here. I hadn't seen it. I've never seen Him get up there and lead, lead a singing. I've never seen Him stand at the desk and preach the Word. I've not seen it. I've not seen Him hold one of the babies or change a diaper I've not seen him set out snacks back for the kids. I hadn't seen him do it. I haven't seen him hug a teenager around the neck, tell him that he's proud of them. You know what? When we had the water back in the floor back here, the mystery water because of the bad pipe that we got fixed, it's all fixed. Water just showing up in the floor, deep in the floor. You know what? He didn't show up at the door with a shop back. He didn't send an angel. <laughs> That'd have been nice, right? Open the door. Thank you. Uh-uh. No. No, he wasn't. He wasn't there with a shop back. I never saw him walk through those doors and do any of those things. But in a way, I have. Because he sent the body. Every single one of those instances, he sent someone in his name to do his work here on the earth. So I didn't see him, his eyes, his, I didn't see him, but I saw him. You see what I'm saying? That's why the body needs you. That's why he has sent you to be a part of the church. Because you need the church, but also the body needs you. He sent the body to do those things in his name, in his likeness, by the power of the same spirit. He gave you to the body and he's given the body to you. And it is a blessed gift. It's a weird thing. It's interdependence, right? We're not independent of one another. We're each dependent upon one another in him. He's given us 
one another. And you may say, well, I don't even feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing very much in the body. You know, I don't feel like I'm contributing a whole lot. Listen, you may start out at pinky toe level of contribution, but you do the looking, even a pinky toe is important. Every level of contribution is important. And don't take the analogy too far. It's not like when you come into the body, you're assigned a, a, a body part. Like this is the part you are, you know, because you may be thinking that, well, all right, I know a few hind ends. I know them. <laughs> Right. So thankfully, you're not like you're the hind end. That's what you get to do. Now, it, 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 again, don't carry it farther than he intends for it to go. But the body's about unity and there is opportunity there for growth and maturity for you. And then as you grow and mature, you're able to help others grow and mature. And the cool thing about this human race is it just keeps on going. We keep having young ones come along behind us. And so just like folks taught us, we get to teach them. And it just perpetuates and it continues and it continues and it continues. And it's the way that he chose to distribute his gospel, not just the good news, but all the effects of it across the world. And it's working. Because we're here right now in Camden, Arkansas. Jesus never stepped foot here. He was all the way in Israel, and yet his work has reached here already. You think about the power of that, that he has endued the body with. We grow, we mature, and in that we help others grow and mature in the Lord. Look at verse 18. Do just a little bit more reading. It says, but as it is, this is what he just finished saying. If we were all, if the whole thing was an eye, how would you hear anything? As it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Again, never believe either one of those lies that you don't need the body and the body doesn't need you. And you'll hear both of them all the time in your own heart and mind. They'll tell you, you don't need this. You, oh, you, you don't need to be with these folks. They're a little weird. You don't need to be with these folks. Or, yeah, all you are is just pulling from these folks. You're not giving anything. You're not helping at all. They, they don't need you. Don't believe either one of those because neither one of them are true. You need the body and the body needs you. Because if you start to believe either one of those, you'll end up carrying way more than you're supposed to carry. And you get over into hummingbird land. Or you end up not carrying anything at all. And then you suffer under that. Isn't that funny? You know, we think we want to be released from burden, but what we really want is just the right burden for us. Because I know for, a, I won't even do that, but a human in general, if we're a human unburdened, we're going to get in all kinds of trouble. We need something to carry that's important. We need something to carry that has a little bit of weight to it because it keeps us in line and keeps us grounded. Amen. Y'all don't sound excited about putting on some weight. All right. But listen, this connection in the body, it's not just an obligation. It's not just I go because I have to or I go because they need me. And if I don't go, somebody else will. It's this beautiful interaction that we have together as the body of Christ. It's special. And again, you don't find it anywhere else. The, the members are healthy because the body is healthy and the body is healthy because the members are healthy. 
And it's just a cycle that goes. It's like the whole is is flourishing because the members are flourishing and the members are flourishing because the whole is flourishing and it just feeds itself in a loop. Again, I just need Jesus in my Bible. Yes, you need Jesus in the scripture so much. And so much of those flow to you through the body. So much of it flows through you to the body. He said, don't let the eye say to the hand, I don't need you. Don't let the head say to the feet, I don't need you. Why? Because we would, if we heard somebody say that, my head doesn't need my feet. We're like, that's silly, right? That's really not going to work very well. But we, we, we think we can do it all the time when it comes to spiritual things. I can tote this. I got it. I can tote it by myself. Mm-mm. No, no. Now, I know last week we talked about the dark times in our life. We all go through them, right? They're certain. Just like they're certain, He is also certain. Amen? So as we close on this, I want to spend a lot of time today because I know that we know this. I just know we need to be encouraged in it. In the dark times when Christ, who is our life, appears in the midst of those dark nights of the soul, Don't you think on some of these things? Anybody ever gone through something that was dark, difficult, or painful? You can raise your hand on this one. Anybody ever gone through something dark, difficult, or painful? All right, so pretty much everybody. In that, did you feel isolated and alone? Raise your hand. All right, so keep them up for a second. Keep them up for a second. All right, everybody look around. Okay, so common and certain. Let me ask you this. In that isolation, in feeling alone, do you think it would have made a difference if you had somebody else there beside you? Encouraging you, helping put courage back in you. You're going to make it through this. It's going to be okay. This isn't going to last forever. Don't forget the hope that we have. I know that you're tired right now. I know that you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. You need to call, you just rest in Him. And, and do you think it would have made a difference? And the answer is going to be a resounding yes, right? It's a resounding yes. And that's what the body is. And that's what it's here for. And that's what it does. It maintains the health of the members and then through that blessed unity distributes the gospel out into the world. And it's a beautiful appearing of Jesus Christ in our life. From it we receive courage. We receive comfort, healing through the body. The the unified body. Even though many parts, many members, one body. Reminded what it says in it's in Galatians. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burden. One interesting thing, right before that, it said, let each one carry his own load. It said everybody's doing something. He's like, but when it comes to burdens, bear one another's burdens. When their load gets too heavy, you come alongside them. When your load gets too heavy, they're going to come alongside you. And again, we can be pretty different. There's going to be some friction in the body. You're going to have that. Part of that is how growth and maturity comes. Again, if we were all the same, 
We wouldn't want to hang out together. Why do I, if we always agree on something, why do I need you? You're not bringing anything new for me. So you expect some friction there. You, you can expect some difficulty, but here's what you can also expect. You can expect a lot of comfort. And you can expect a whole lot of beauty. Amen. That's the body of Christ. Healthy and whole. He set it up that way. We need it. It needs us. That's how he set it up. Again, he's not going to take on any of those things. He don't come in physically and do it. He sent his people. He sent his church and empowered them with the Holy Spirit to accomplish what needed to be done. What a difference the church makes in our life and again in the world. There's nothing else like it that crosses continents, that crosses all of these different types of mindsets. There's nothing else. But you go to a church in France, you're going to be at home. You go to a church in South America, you're going to be at home. There's nothing else like it. And again, there's going to be some difficulties. And we could ask how many people have been hurt in the church and everybody's going to raise your hand, right? There's a reason why Jesus talked a whole lot more about needing to forgive our brethren than he did about ungodly folks, right? He talked a whole lot. More. How many times am I supposed to forgive my brother? He said, you're going to have to forgive your brother a lot of times. A lot of times. Every day, right? We're going to have to forgive our brother. Because we know in, in the body, any time in your body, if one member of your body just starts to go, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't, I don't care how it affects everybody else. Or, or in other words, selfishness. How's that going to work? That's not going to work very well. And it doesn't work very well in the body of Christ. And we have that happen. You have hurt in the church. Anytime you have love, there's going to be opportunity and occasion for grief. Guaranteed. Anytime you have love, there's going to be occasion for grief. But I say this at pretty much every funeral I've ever preached. Always pick love. Always pick love. I'll go to the funeral home over and over and over again if it means I got to love that person and got to be loved by them, right? You're going to deal with some grief in the body, but you're also going to get a whole lot of love. And it's worth it to have the love. The rest of it is all the selfishness and the evil and the pride leaving us, showing out before it goes out. Pick love. It's going to always give occasion for grief. If you've got kids, you know that. If you've been married, you know that. If you've had a good friend, you know that. Love brings occasion for grief. And you can avoid it. What's the song, Marnie? I could have missed the pain, but I had, to, I had to miss the dance. Yeah? You can miss out on the grief, but the loneliness of solitude is going to be worse. Always choose love because, odd irony, life without love is only grief. It's just you by yourself. The church, the body of Christ, what a beautiful appearing of the Lord Jesus. Paul said, there is reserved for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And we felt like he deserved it. He did a lot. He did a lot wrong, but he did a lot right. 
But he said, not just for me, but the same crown is reserved of righteousness, of right standing with God for all those who have loved His appearing. So we want to seek out Jesus showing up, not just in our life, but in the lives of others. And what a better model for that than the body. Amen. Let's pray. And then we'll get ready to sing together. Father, thank you for the church. Thank you for the gift that you've given us to be a part of this body. Lord, we know that we're a part of the ultimate body, the universal body that stretches all over the world. And Lord, what a blessing to be a part of that, to have brothers and sisters across the world that we've not yet met, not yet known, but that we've drank from the same spirit. And Father, I thank you that you also have placed us, planted us into a local church where we can come together, unified under the banner of your name, joined together by the same, baptized into the same spirit. And Lord, you use us in the same way. You just, you, you just scale it down to where we can see it in the everyday. I thank you for pointing out to us how much we need the church. And how you've developed this system of interdependence where the church also needs us. You've called us in and you're also calling us up to represent you. To carry your name and your likeness. Not only to those that are close to us, but those that are far from you. And I thank you that you have you've given us this beautiful gift for carrying your gospel, your good news. Not only to those who have never heard it, but to continue to carry it to those who have heard it a lot and need to keep hearing it who need to continue to be built up in our faith, who need to continue to grow and mature in you. We thank you for your love for us that we see in the operation of the local church. That anything done in your name is done as unto you and for your glory. And Father, we thank you for that. I thank you that we'll keep in, keep, keep in mind those hands that were raised, that have been through difficult things, that felt isolated and alone, and who knew it made a difference when somebody else stepped into that darkness with them and brought your name along, brought your light along, and brought the goodness of your love in with them. What a blessing and a treasure it is to have your hands and feet in operation here on this earth. Lord, that we'll continue that, that we won't grow weary in doing good, but we'll see the harvest come in when we don't lose heart and we continue to chase hard after you. You've called us to follow you and I thank you that you hadn't called us to do it alone because if I was alone, I'd already give up. I'd already wore out that you've given me brothers and sisters to walk alongside, to encourage me when I'm down and to help strengthen me when I'm weak. I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that as we go today, you protect us and keep us safe. Lord, bless those who are out from among us today. We got many traveling, some that are feeling uh, not their best. And I pray that you give strength and grace to both, that you meet them exactly where they are, and that you bring them safely back to us, back to the assembly, back, back into the fellowship of the body. And Lord, as we go into this week, that we do so with you in mind, that we walk in wisdom, not wise in our own eyes, but wisdom that comes from you and that we see with eyes of faith. We see like you see. And I thank you for the comfort that comes from that. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.